You're listening to the Soggy Bottom Girls podcast, exploring all things on the Great British Baking Show with your hosts, Alison Roche and Lisa Vukmirovic. Hello. <laughs> I'm Allison. Who is it? It's Lisa. <laughs> and we are the Soggy Bottom Girls here with Pastry Week. It is Pastry Week. Now, last week, your baking cup runneth over of bakes. And this week, did you make all three from Pastry Week? Oh, yes. You, I thought, you, you know, why not just... <laughs> Whip out some phyllo. <laughs> no, when I think it was Val who said, I made phyllo once 30 years ago and I swore yes. I'd never make it again. And Sophie was watching with me. She goes, that's what you said, mom. You never make phyllo again. I said, you said it. I will not. Well, I will if somebody forces me to, but I'm not sure it's really worth it, quite frankly. I don't think it was. And it was Val that said that. Mm-hmm. And I thought sweet Val brought out her dental floss as a tip and no one was really impressed by it. But I was. I think dental floss is a good way to cut through certain, oh. you know, kind of squishy uh-huh. breads or whatever. I've done that with um, cookie dough that's in a in a roll. And mm-hmm. let, let me make it known for the record. I do not buy rolls of cookie dough. I make my oh. own Rolls of cookie dough. I have never once purchased a roll of cookie dough. What so. about a tub? What about a tub? Well, of I have been guilted. Yes, that's exactly yeah. what it is. Been guilted into tubs of cookie dough from mm-hmm. kids knocking on my door. And usually mm-hmm. anybody who comes around, I'll buy whatever they have. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I've probably done that, but that was a long time ago. But I always have a few logs in my fridge, freezer. <laughs> Humble brag. <laughs> dough logs. Yes, I like to brag of all my dough logs. Come on over. We'll have a dough log. <laughs> well, we've had some feedback from some fans. Oh, yeah. And yeah. So we thought we'd do a little show note up front for you. I One of the reasons why Lisa can make me laugh so hard is because we met when we were 18 years old. Uh, we were on the same. <laughs> like three years ago? I think it was three years ago. Oh, yeah. Three years ago. <laughs> uh, we met many, many years ago, 1988. Oh, my gosh. That's a long time ago, baby. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like trying not to cry, actually. I got all emotional Aww. all of a sudden. Like, because you've been making me laugh ever since. And, and uh, likewise. Yeah. We've, we've been, been through lots of things together. We've traveled the world together mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of ebb and flow throughout the years yeah. with marriages and babies. But because of COVID and a wonderful app, I'm going to go ahead and give them a plug. We're not being sponsored by them, but um, Marco Polo. Mm-hmm. Because it's hard when Allison was getting up at like four in the morning to do something and she would talk to me and then I would get up at eight and then I would talk back to her. It was nice not to have to coordinate our schedules. And so yeah. we were able to just kind of talk and talk and talk and talk. And we mm-hmm. realized how much we love the British baking show. And Allison thought it'd be a good idea to do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think we found ourselves talking about it and referencing it constantly. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking and saying to you, like, I feel like I could talk about it nonstop. And so. As could are. I. Here we are. And you know what's funny? I didn't even say this to you, um, but I I like to listen to books 
especially in the summertime when I'm off um, from school. And in one of the books that I just read, it's called This Time Next Year. The father in it is obsessed with the Great British Bake Off. It takes place in London and his daughter is a pie maker. And he said, I know if Paul Hollywood met you, he would give you a Hollywood handshake. That's cute. So yeah, I thought that was kind of fun. So it's permeated so much of popular culture. So why not? Mm-hmm. Why not our lives? Well, something I wanted to talk to you about, about this week's uh, episode five, which is pastry week. Um, our Danish, actually, I'm not super intrigued or even impressed by danish it's Mm -mm. not in my not in my uh, wheelhouse of goodies i like to eat i also remember being completely confused as a kid and as a horrible picky eater i'd hear people talking about cheese danish and i wanted to vomit in my mouth because (laughs) i was so picky so picky so to put cheese with a pastry was so strange to me right yeah, I've never, never been a Danish person. No, no, I was definitely a donut person growing up, like a mm-hmm. big puffy glazed donut. Mm-hmm. And anybody who showed me, you know, fruit filled stuff. Mm, no, thanks. Right. Back then, uh, at any rate. Donuts and then graduating to churros in high school. Yes, of course. <laughs> churros in high school. <laughs> well, the challenge is to make 24 breakfast pastries or danishes. They want two of them. And, you know, I caught something that maybe I hadn't before was that this was put to them to test them on multitasking, that this was a multitasking challenge. And then I was like, oh, okay, I can kind of, I can kind of get that and see the value and why, why they went to that direction. Um, but that puff pastry, that puff pastry is such yeah. a, again, I still haven't made it, but to, you know, here's the turn. Don't let it leak out. Put it back in the fridge, make some fillings, take it out, roll it again, fold it again. They and I don't know, I think they did it three times. This challenge was loaded with verbiage on how many times I've turned it, how many more times I have to turn it. A book Every fold, baker, yeah. an envelope fold. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm doing it this way, I'm doing it that way. That means I only have this many more folds and turns. And did you listen yeah. to Benjamina's formula? She's like, if you take <laughs> yeah. F times the turns to a certain power. And that's mm-hmm. the number of layers. I'm like, you've already lost me. I know. You've already know. lost me. Benjamina. It was sweet though. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think Jane is the only one who makes two types of doughs. And that girl got game on the folding department. She had the weirdest geometric folding of her danish did you watch her oh, assemble yes, those yes i thought so many of them had beautiful designs andrews were perfect they were so so perfect and identical um just watching him was almost like meditative like watching mm-hmm. him take the brush and put on the egg wash at the mm-hmm. end i thought that was really cool yeah some really cool shapes how did you like his sort of healthy memory of his dad always having dates in the glove box? I was like, oh, God, <laughs> poor guy. <laughs> A healthy snack for you. <laughs> dates, another thing on the picky eaters list that I would never go near as a kid. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't even remember ever seeing a date or hearing about that. <laughs> Not just talking about my social life, but... 
So, so Lucy uh, kind of pulls out some. I guess he was said he was giving a nod to Ghana. Um, I think pineapple and coconut, and then a ginger mango was his other flavor. And he put that rhubarb in, and they said it didn't. It didn't help it. Yeah, I can't see it helping it either. I'm just making it wetter. Mm-hmm. But that was nothing compared to Tom. Uh, oh yeah, dry as a bone, granola spirals. Like what? I feel. I always feel like Tom. He overshoots it. There is something to making something unique, and then taking it and trying to make it something else. And that's that's what I felt is the difference. That's not a unique idea. That's trying to make a Danish something that it's not at all. Do you I know? think you're right. Well, he took the breakfast idea and was like, well, what's breakfast eat? Granola. Mm-hmm. So I'll put that on there. When you mm-hmm. really, with any kind of pastry, you need to put something in there. Mm-hmm. I, I think you do. Yeah, and they said it was not... Not buttery at all. Mm-mm. So many leaks mm-hmm. on these. Um, mm-hmm. And I was surprised because I was watching Candace really carefully while she was making her pastry compared to Andrew. Like, you know, he had his ruler out and he was making it perfectly <laughs> rectangular. That guy was not messing around. And every time he brushed his hand across it, I thought, wow, that is so smooth and perfect. Mm-hmm. And Candace's looked like cellulite. You know what I mean? It was like bumpy, bumpy of, of butter. And I thought for sure hers was going to leak. And it didn't. Mm-hmm. It was well-baked. I was really shocked by that. She was the only one who did a savory one, uh, which just Le sounded... Monsieur. Yeah, that did sound delicious. The Gruyere, the mushrooms, and the white sauce. Mm, yes. Um, and then her little so apple good. rose on the top of her other one was, they were really pretty, and she was rewarded. They said they were delicious. And she said later, you know, choosing the savory one was a good choice. Mm-hmm. I thought that apple, good. when I was watching her do that, I'm like, girl, you're taking up too much time again. You're taking up right. too much. And she still did it. She did it. It was fine. Right, and I think Mel and Sue were over her shoulder the whole time, like, you only have 20 minutes left. How long do they take to the bake? They take 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Get them in, get them in, get them in. And yeah, she they did. were quite pushy in this episode, mm-hmm. weren't they? Yeah, they were. They mm-hmm. were. Yeah. And everything was baked, so, I mean, for Candace, at least, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. No problem. What'd you think of poor Rav, who was like, oops, here's a hunk of dough I forgot to put in. <laughs> I don't have time to, I mean, you re- at that point, you really do just have to go. what's done is done i can put this raw piece of dough in now but it's not going to get done so i felt bad for him he is interesting because he doesn't necessarily seem to get flustered Mm -mm. or nervous i think it was the last batter episode maybe where there were shots of andrew and jane just the faces on fire with like stress and anxiety and Andrew, of course, Andrew Weasley, of course, was all. <laughs> His face is always yeah. so red. Yes. I'm stressed but out. Rav doesn't ever seem to get rattled. He just is kind of like, yeah, this isn't. But let's isn't put it wrong. on the scale. Here's the scale of Andrew to Selassie <laughs> in terms of laid backness. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he's probably smack in the middle there because nobody's as laid back as Selassie. Come on. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. super laid back. I feel like Rav shows it a little bit, you know, when he keeps coming 
coming really bad in the technical. Sorry to jump forward. But he's just kind of like, okay, you know, hmm. a little bit rattled. He was bad in the technical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Third uh, week in a row. This technical was a Bakewell tart. And so mm-hmm. did you hear Mary says, keep your cool. Do you think that was to cool it completely before icing it or just Ooh. what do you think that what was in that message? Boy, I never even thought about that. It it could have. It could have. I think you needed to be very specific with the layers or shall we say less as we know <laughs> the less you need to be good with the less because as we saw Rav he he squished them together and he's like, that's exactly what I didn't want to have happen. Mm-hmm. So I guess if you would have cooled your jam enough, and even if you had time to put it in the fridge to let it set a little bit before you put that frangipan on the top. So yeah, maybe, I don't know if it's a hidden message or not, but you're very mm-hmm. incisive there. They didn't really, I don't recall anybody sort of struggling with the frangipan part. They were to make a jam, they were to make a short crust pastry and they have this layer of frangipan and then they had to to ice it and then do a specific design where they trailed a, basically like a toothpick through a pink line to kind mm-hmm. of make it decorative. Feathery, yep. Feathery, thank you. Um, I did like <laughs> Val. <laughs> Val says... I like it gooey. <laughs> I know. She's always making it like she, she's making excuses almost, almost as much as Selassie does. He's mm-hmm. a big, he's a big excuse maker. Oh, like when they, um, I think it was last week when Paul says to him, it's burnt. And, and, and Selassie goes, is it? <laughs> yes. Is it? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just going to question everything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she did make a lot of excuses. Poor Val. Well, hers, I think, also had a, so- a very soggy bottom. Was it even raw? I wanted to say, I wrote raw and terrible. Yeah, and unhappy it was. Face. She took hers out too soon. It was very pale. And let us say again, just like when we were talking about the Yorkshire puddings in the week before, she says she makes a Bakewell tart every week. Yes. Every week. I'm glad you mentioned that because just like last week when we were speaking about uh, the Yorkshire puddings and you made them and were so successful the first time after not having a family recipe and being raised on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Val does say I make a version of this every single week. So what, but nothing about hers was right. How nothing. did she not know? Because she said, I hope I'm not taking this out too early. Mm-hmm. You should know if you, you're 65 years old and you've been making one every week since you mm-hmm. started baking. That's yeah, that was my surprising. never to be humble opinion. Mm-hmm. I was very surprised. I just think she, she had a bad week. Mm-hmm. Goes back to that. But yeah, hers was very pale and soggy, as was uh, Jane's had a soggy bottom, but she got first. How did that happen? Everything else must have just been on, on point. But I guess. Rav and Val were the last two. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew which, didn't have his oven on, right? Yeah, that's right. Poor Andrew. Poor Andrew. Yes. Yeah. He was big time on the struggle bus. 
on that challenge. And he's lucky he got sixth. Mm-hmm. Honestly. Jane gets first and Candace gets second. And I believe it was the other way around the week before. I think so. And they said Candace's wasn't quite done either. Mm-hmm. I wrote in my notes, is this where the Candace Jane sort of rivalry starts? Because there's some looks from Candace, particularly when she got second in the technical. And I'm not, I'm not saying side eyes. I'm Let not me guess. Saying... Did she purse her lips in some way? <laughs> I'm doing it right now. Mm. And then bit it a little bit. And then, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> there were some looks from her where I thought this is where she well, first of all, I felt like this weekend was sort of where she really got her footing and confidence. And you yes. see kind of a change in her. I think you're right. She's not quite as tentative. It. Right. Mm-hmm. And Jane, of course, has always been steady and pretty darn good. And mm-hmm. then they sort of start emerging as so strong. And as I, front, I just front runners mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. But Jane does get first in this technical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't seem like a very interesting thing to it's, eat. It's not. I've made something quite similar with a crust that was more of like a sugar. They call it a pâte sucre. It's like a sugar cookie crust. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. it's not to my taste, really. I would like a lot more of a fruit in there and because to me, it's a pie, you know. Right. right. And it's like a cookie with a layer of, of you know, jam. And then a more of a, what do you, what would I call it? Like a very, very soft cookie on the top, a thick soft cookie. That frangipan to me is kind of a, a thick soft cookie, kind of like a cake, but mm, kind of yeah. in between. Mm-hmm. So nothing to write home about. Mm-hmm. When I made mine, I did not ice it. I just left it frangipan on top. Were you afraid your feathering wouldn't be quite up to <laughs> I honestly can feather all day long. Very, very easy. That is one of my cheat ways because I am so bad at decorating sugar cookies with frosting. That's something that I can actually do. I know mm-hmm. how to do that. And Sophie and I decorate our peanut butter pies with a, like a piped um, stream of chocolate. And we always yeah. just drag a toothpick through it and feather it. And it's beautiful. It's a real easy Lovely. thing to do. Yeah. You should give some lessons to all of these bakers because no one really did it. Even Jane, who won first, I was like, it's not really that great. But how how are you not getting this? Right. The easiest element. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. Mm. Well, this showstopper. Uh, one of those you know, stressful because of the number, because it's philo, Mm -hmm. um, get it proper thin. Someone's, it was saying probably Mary, um, they need to make 48. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had a question for you about rolling out and rolling pins actually, because lately I felt like maybe I need to try a broomstick rolling pin. Do you have a tapered rolling pin or is it just a flat rolling pin? It's tapered. I prefer, I have a rolling pin that's just straight across. And I I would think a tapered one would bother me. It does bother me also. Yeah. So you better, you better get your uh, flat one. This is one I found in my mother-in-law's basement a million years ago. And um, it's very, very, very old. I try to keep it. It's wooden. 
I try to keep it uh, seasoned. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, it always works for me. Um, I was going to say one of the things about this Philo challenge have, I can't remember the last time we've seen a, a challenge where they had to make like a table long sheet of it, you know, but yeah. for this challenge, they were small pieces yes. and they were, you know, punching it out or, mm-hmm. you know, rolling up little mm-hmm. strips of it. So when you think about making phyllo in this way, mm-hmm. where like a rip is not going to, it's not going to ruin everything. I think that this was more on the, this was kind of on the easy side and more like, okay, yeah, make this, but give me some really good fillings. Mm-hmm. That was yes. a, a big part of the challenge rather than just make a giant sheet and don't tear it or, you know, right, all right. will be lost. That's what I have to say about Philo. Well, I thought it was interesting that they could take so many different shapes. For instance, Ravigan does the samosa, mm-hmm. which actually turned out really successful. It was like a spiced white chocolate samosa, I think. I, he's one of, oh, they were amuse-bouche. Amuse-bouche. Thank you. One bite. One bite. One bite. And so, again, the first thing that people were called out for, like even Jane was having something that's not just one bite. In fact, hers were very clever. Um, She did a cone, wrapped the pastry around the cone and then filled the cone. They were beautiful. They were fiddly and she struggled with their molds and keeping them upright at all stages of the game. But they said, you know, that first bite was wonderful. And then half of it was a complete, you know, so she she really spent a lot of time on something that really worked against her in yeah. the long run. And you noticed like when Paul would take it and pop the whole thing in his mouth. Yeah. He would be like, do you see this is this is what I wanted. I wanted it to be one bite. Yep. Not, yep. not two, not three, not a cone. Well, was Jane's other her second flavor? Was that more appropriately sized? I can't remember now, but it was. A rock roquefort. Roquefort fig and walnut parcel. It was a roquefort fig and walnut parcel. Mm-hmm. Um, so would you like to hear some facts about figs, Allison? I would like to hear some facts about figs. <laughs> First of <laughs> Big all, facts. Big facts. Did, did you grow up eating fig newtons? Fig newtons are fan I almost said a profane way of saying fantastic <laughs> I love fig newtons so do I. I love fig newtons and um that was something I didn't have very often it was very much a treat mm-hmm. um or even like something I would buy myself later on just a sleeve of them mm-hmm. and then you know around here no one really grows figs we don't have the climate for it and when I went to San Francisco in my 20s, I bought fresh figs at Fisherman's Wharf, you know, is that mm-hmm. Seattle, whatever, down no, uh, on the boardwalk in San you're Francisco. You're right. You're right. Um, I bought fresh figs and I was so, uh, I just was so romantic to me. And Did I, they taste I, good, I, fresh? They, Can you just eat it like a, mm-hmm. like a regular piece of fruit? Okay. Yep. And they were delicious. All right. Then, once upon a time, I heard a wives' tale that said, when you're eating Fig Newtons and you're crunching through, that those are dead bugs in there. Now, you have some news on that front. I do. (laughs) 
Okay, would you like to hear I have a science? Giant, no. <laughs> science facts with Lisa yes. V. Okay, because I was watching this with Sophie in the room last night, and she goes, "You know, in every fig there's a dead wasp." And I said, "You're lying. That can't be true." <laughs> and I immediately got my phone out, and this is what I learned. First of all, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what you're crunching into in a fig is seeds. It is not bug parts. Okay. Thank that, God. Yes, but okay. Not that fig, it ever deterred me before. A, but. Fig, <laughs> a fig is not a fruit. A fig is a flower. What? A, a fig is not a fruit. A fig is a flower. What? Well, at least it starts as a flower, okay? Really? So what, yes. And there's a boy flower and there's a girl flower. And I know I'm making things with my hands. It is breast cancer awareness. No, it's not. Um, but anyway, uh, the wa- the female wasp goes in to pollinate these these fruits. Okay. She goes into a female one and um wait, now I'm going to get mixed up. She goes into the female one and does she lay her eggs? No. The female one she goes into, and once they go in, they can't get out because their wings rip off when they go in, which seems like it would be dumb. But it goes in and it pollinates it, and then the fruit consumes the the bug. And so it's it's gone. I mean, it's somehow absorbed by the time Mm -hmm. we get it. And then it becomes a fig from that flower. If the if it goes into a male one, mm-hmm. it um, lays eggs. It's not it's not a piece of fruit that you can eat. It's just the flower, and then the baby wasps come out. Okay, Mind so you, we only eat the female fig that has like, an absorbed wasp in it. Yes, it does. And, you know, you think about apples, uh, it has to be visited like five times by a bee for it to be properly pollinated. A fig can only be pollinated by a wasp. So save the wasps, people. I thought wasps were just jerks who wanted to sting me, but (laughs) I really did. Uh, Wasps are jerks, I would just Mm -hmm. like to say. And since there's no figs around here, they still are jerks. Yeah. But, um. Uh, this is making me want to know more. And also if it's a, it must be a very specific type of wasp. Yes. I would imagine. Okay. Some tropical Not just any wasp. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I had it's no idea. It wasn't an actual fruit. Isn't nature amazing? It is. Yep. But remember your crunchiness is seeds. It's not bug parts. <laughs> well, that makes me feel better. But as I said earlier, I was never deterred by the crunch. You know, we talk about all these amazing things that these guys make. But when when push comes to shove, is there anything better than a freshly opened pack of Fig Newtons? No. And they're really, really fresh. So good. No, and right now. you turned me on to the Aldi Fig Newtons, Absolutely. not called Fig Newtons, which are very, very close to a Fig Newton. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> there are some bad replicas, but Aldi is not yes thank you aldi and you know what's funny i like to buy them for i like to buy my snack for school there you know like their animal crackers and their you know their fake ritz or whatever for the kids at school and you would think man the kids will really like fig newtons and i purchased them there before they don't like them i wonder if they're not sweet enough you know maybe 
I don't know. I I think they don't know if it's like a cookie or if it is a cake or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you guys, these are amazing. Here, eat one. So I wind up just eating them. So I don't buy them for snack anymore. <laughs> Did Jane actually use fresh fig? I didn't see her preparation. Um, or was it a jam? Ver- was it a version of like a fig jam or something? I'm sure know. she started it from fresh. I do yeah. keep fig jam in my house for my charcuterie boards. What? Now, do you? Oh yeah, Aww. fig jam, fig jam. Where do you with, get it from? Um, Whole Please Foods. Say Aldi. Oh damn. Um, no, Aldi does have it sometimes. Really? But Whole Foods has got the best. And guess who makes it? Back to my twenty-three and me, the Croatians. <laughs> they make so, it. What do you put it on on your charcuterie board? I mean, oh, like, use just cheese. Here's the probably the best combo: the honey goat's cheese from Aldi. You yep. get it right. Yep. Uh, and a smear of fig jam on a warm baguette slice. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Nothing better. Or brie, baked brie mm-hmm. with a cracker or a baguette and the fig jam. That sounds delicious. Yep. yep. Yum. Uh, eh, let's talk about Tom's steak and chocolate mousse. What was he doing? <laughs> Come on, Tom. That was so dumb when they were like, those look like squished flat brownies that you got there. Oh, it's steak. And then he he cooked it wrong. He cooked it too long. And the chocolate made the the steak bitter. What was he thinking? I don't know. But that seems to me like another, this is just, this is his week to make it something it's not, you know, Mm -hmm. with his granola earlier. Uh, it wasn't a good idea to begin with. It wasn't good sounding to begin with. And then trying to put it into the amuse-bouche, I, I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking, but certainly this bake really put him down at the bottom. Yeah, I thought he completely. might have gone home on this one. I was, yeah. it was like be- between him and one other person. Yeah, and he said as much. He said if Val hadn't, well, Val didn't Aww. get her full... 48 out. She sure didn't. And that's unusual for the show. Yes. You know, poor, what's his face? Rav missed one in his, um, in his uh, Danishes, but that was really just an accident and miscounting. Mm -hmm. Every once in a while, someone will miscount, but people almost always finish. Mm -hmm. And hers, even the half that she put out were, were raw. Was it the boozy mincemeat that were raw or was it the, the uh, goat and onion? It was the parcels Charles. that were raw, the mincemeat and apple. Mm-hmm. They just, they were white. Didn't have any color on them at all. Yeah. Uh, what'd you think of Andrew's spicy squash? And did you hear her say it again? Chorizo. They yes. Say it very Spain way. Yes. Yes. I think that's so neat, but they both speak Spanish. Yes, they do. Which is just so awesome. I, I definitely that. picked that up because of what you told me last week. So mm-hmm, thank you for mm-hmm. that. And he does make a baklava or a version of baklava, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. should say. What did they think of that? Um, they, they said it tastes beautiful. And also, I would like to point out the use of piquant. The word piquant. Mm-hmm. Did you catch it? Did you catch it? Because I know how much you love the movie A Christmas Story, correct? 
Don't you love the movie Christmas Story? I thought we've talked about I this. I do like it. And I when he like talks it. about it was it was soap poisoning. And then there he says, I became a soap connoisseur over the years, but I found that Life Boy had a certain piquant <laughs> quality. That's where I learned that word. <laughs> piquant. You didn't pick it up? I have never picked that up. Andrew. I'm sorry Andrew to says P or Andrew's squash parcels were piquant, according to Mary. And I've never heard her. Oh, use that. wow. I've never heard her use that adjective before. And I had to pause it, get out my phone, look it up. And it just means what you think it means. You know, I want to I want to <laughs> hear her say it now. I really oh, go, didn't catch go it. Back. I did not. Mm-hmm. She says it's it's you've got a, a piquant in a tiny, a tiny package. I like it. He, I like how Andrew also says, like, I don't like the spart. It's all just fiddly and foldy. The spart, this, this bit, this bit oh, is all fiddly and fiddly foldy. and foldy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Selassie does a coffee cream cup and like an asparagus parma ham. Again, the asparagus parma ham far from an amuse bouche size. Yeah, definitely. That would be like five bites. Mm-hmm, Cause you mm-hmm. could like just cut the tips and put it into a little parcel with some ham. Mm-hmm. I don't know why he didn't do that. Uh, like the easiest direction to follow, make it small. I, agreed. Agreed. Um, I was just looking to see. So Candace, we didn't talk about um, that. She uses a pasta maker to roll hers out instead of a pin. Did you catch them? I didn't. I was too busy um, looking up black pudding and finding out what its main ingredient was. Have you made your own pasta before? Yeah. Remember during, during quarantine, I was making ravioli all the time and and, um, flat noodles. Yeah. With an attachment on your mixer or with Mm -hmm. the hand? No, just by hand. Yeah. Or the hand roller. I use a, a rolling pin. It's a giant pain in the butt. Big time, (laughs) big time. And you know what? My family went crazy for those raviolis and pasta and stuff. And have I made them since then? Nope. I haven't. But Mm. yeah, just to cut, cutting raviolis is not as a big a deal as trying to get that, um, the noodles to be nice and flat. I think a pasta attachment would probably be a good idea, but Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I did not notice that, but I would like to talk about black pudding. Can we say what's in it? I bet people already know. Yes. But the fact that she is star baker and she thought black pudding would be a good flavor with sausage and apple. Black pudding is made with just pig's blood. It's pig's blood, people. Blood sausage. That's what it is. What is the thickener? Do you know that? What What makes it into the sausage piece? Like I don't cartilage. know. I don't yeah. know. I'm just flaring my nostrils at the you thought were, of I saw that. black pudding. So gross. And, you know, her other flavor. Banafi. I looked up banafi because mm-hmm. I was like, what is that exactly? Mm-hmm. And it uh, sounds like you already know what banafi is. I looked it up too because I've seen it in several other, like I like to read a lot of books that take place in England. And mm-hmm. it is a very, very popular flavor. Mm-hmm. Like bananas it, with um, dulce de le- or dulce dulce de leche. Sophie mm-hmm. told me to say dulce. <laughs> uh, 
I saw something that said it's basically bananas plus toffee mm-hmm. or a thick caramel sauce cream that you can mm-hmm. do. When we were watching it, Soph said, oh, it must be bananas and coffee, mm-hmm. which make, would make too. sense. But she did put some coffee in the cream. Oh, did she? Yeah, I was, I'm pretty sure. I was thinking like Sophie, that maybe it was bananas, coffee, and chocolate is mm-hmm. kind of what I wondered. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm not a banana fan, so I just um, was with my little niece today and learned that she will not eat a ripe banana. She will only eat green bananas. Oh, no. Green and bananas thought, hurt my mouth. Ugh. I, I spend my life, Allison, trying to convince people to eat brown speckled bananas because they're the best. <laughs> people in my house, people at school, because bananas are a really cheap snack to buy for children. Yeah, and what's yeah. a more healthy snack than a banana? Yeah. And the second there's a brown spot on there, you cannot convince them to eat it. I don't know mm. what it is. And you tell them, oh, it's sweeter because they're brown. They don't get it. See, when they get so ripe like that and they're so pungent, I... Ugh, well, I don't ugh. want it to be squishy, but I want it to no, have not a even nice squishy. freckle, a freckle. What's your color? <laughs> What's your preferred I hate color? bananas. No, I hate bananas. You won't but, eat a banana if you were hungry and you had one on your counter? No, I would not. I wouldn't. Okay. But I, I buy bananas all the time. Because who eats them at your house? Pamplemousse. <laughs> your pig my pig <laughs> do you ever go to a place where they'll like give you the the rotten ones there's a grocery store where i've definitely bought overripe bananas from and my dad will bring me overripe or whatever she doesn't care i'll bet pamplemousse loves them when they're overripe. She, yeah she eats the whole thing she eats the skin, sure. all the skin. yeah mm-hmm. it's three every morning on her oatmeal Aww. Good for her. She sure is a pampered pamplemousse. <laughs> she is. Lucky girl. She is. Well, lucky for Rav that he pulled this off because he needed to. Yes, she, his prawns. They liked his prawn flavor. Well, and also they said he had the best proportions. Beautiful proportions. Yes. That's what they were talking about. Um, yep. Yeah, and he with that was able to bring himself up and out and it was down to Val and Tom and it, well, Tom ventured that it was probably because of the not finishing and it was Val. There's really no question. And you know, when they went to announce it, it was in her sweet little eyes and she was already, um, she was all ready to go. And I do have to give it to her because sometimes when someone feels that they've done badly, they try to say it before, you know, like, I know I'm going home. It's me. It's me. It's me. And then that, you know, and mm-hmm. she, she took it, she took it like a, the strong woman that she is. And I think she left with such a beautiful, um, a beautiful sentiment of when you, when you cook, it's for someone else. And everything I do, I bake with love everything. And it was, it was a really sweet way for her to depart. I thought, well, as a Vale fan that I know you are, and I am now too. I know she has lots of fans. She's done very well with her stint on the show. And for all you people that feel like, Lisa and I do that she is just sweet and lovely. 
she posts a lot of videos that are just very sweet. I watched a couple today. She does, um, I believe she tweets and she does Instagram. I follow her on Instagram. What is at Val Cake? Do you? Mm -hmm. Does she put videos on there? Very Um, sweet about what she did, what she does during the day, what she makes for dinner for her mm -hmm, husband. And mm -hmm. just very lovely. She's a very uh, lovely person through and through, I think. Um, she's now 71. Um, I, she sounds like she's just a very, you know, has a guard, has a full garden and a full life. And she said Monday is her day off. And, you know, she and her husband went to lunch and just this very, very lovely. And she also, if anybody's interested, she has a cookbook out. Um, it's called the cake whisperer and her name is Val stones. And I, I'm dying to know, but could not find she, her birthday is Valentine's day. And I want her name to be Valentina so oh. badly. Oh, Valentine's or good. Valentine. Yeah. yeah. I, but I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't find anything about that, but Val stones, the cake whisperer. And she, I think she just is a very lovely was person. She, was she the original one who says she listens to her cakes? Yep. I will have, you know, I did that yesterday. Did you? Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. And I because it was bubbling away, I left it in a little bit longer yeah. and it came, came out really nice. Thank you, Val. Interesting. Yeah. Yes. And didn't you love what Andrew said that she was such a sweet spirit in the tent and made mm-hmm. up little games of take, you know, I have my recipe or my receipts from 1977. Yeah. Guess the yeah. price of whatever. Yes. Just yes. fun. Keeping things light. I love that. Yes, I do too. I do too. And not taking life too seriously. And Mm -hmm. she's a very good reason why I watch and why I love it so much Mm -hmm. Just for so many lovely um, people with their lovely spirit. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Not a hint of malice in that beautiful soul. Well, we are done. And dusted. Thank you for listening to the soggy bottom girls podcast. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Soggy Bottom Girls or connect with us at SoggyBottomGirls.com. And may all your bakes be worthy of a Hollywood handshake.